Prayer request? How's your wife doing? She's doing better. Good. Doing okay, but she's got some appointments coming up. She might have to have some surgery. Mm, sorry to hear it. Internal some stuff, but she could, it was two months before she gets to see the doctor. So. Of course. Well, I've been wearing an eye patch for the last last night and some today, and my right eye's been all over the place. It's better right now, so hopefully it'll stay that way. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your many blessings upon our life, Lord, for allowing us the opportunity to come into your house to worship, to praise, to honor your name. Lord, we ask that you'll move, that you'll touch, Lord, that you'll anoint my lips as I endeavor to bring forth your message that you'll anoint our ears to hear and our hearts to receive, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' sweet and holy name we pray. Amen. We are on chapter 9 tonight, and we possibly could do a an entire chapter this evening. We don't know yet. But of all of the chapters of Revelation, I feel like this one is probably the oddest and also probably one of the hardest to understand. And that says a lot for the book of Revelation, but this one gets a little... It's, it's odd. It's just really bizarre. And as we go through it, I'll point out some of the bizarre things that other people believe is worth chapter 9. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. John is still in the heavens. He's still in the spirit. He is still seeing this vision. And four angels have sounded the trumpet, now it's the fifth angel's time. And he said, I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. Well, my question first off is, how does a star hold a key to the bottomless pit? That's always been my first question when I read that. So we, we will get into all of that in just a second. The fifth angel with a fifth trumpet sounds. Immediately the revelator sees something come from the heavens to the earth. The revelator describes it as a star, but this star was given the ability to open the bottomless pit. This is what it means to be given the key. The one who has a key has the ability and the authority to open the gate or the door. So how can a star have that ability? Perhaps it it was a star that fell and it impacted the earth with such force that it punched a hole in the earth's crust and mantle, revealing the horrors of the bottomless pit? Possibly, but probably not. However, note that the scripture calls this star a hymn, H-I-M. And to him was given the key. And in the next verse, it is called a he, or an H-E. This was a created being given the ability and authority to loose on the world a terror unlike anything earth had ever saw, will see, or ever will have seen. This is a, this is an angel, if you will, and there is, I, I say angel very loosely, it is created being and he has the ability to open the bottomless pit. The bottomless pit can also be called the abyss. The abyss, a deep underworld where the unsaved volunteers to be taken prisoner. Now note how I said that. He vol they volunteer to be taken prisoner. 
if you do not come by the way of the cross, you're going to hell. That's just the way it is. So if you have the option to accept Christ and you don't, then you're volunteering yourself to go to hell. God doesn't send anybody there. We take ourselves. We get on that bus and we even drive the bus. As well as the angels that left heaven with Satan. In Second Peter 2 and 4 it says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. But cast them down to hell and deliver them into chains of darkness. The angels that left heaven with Satan are in chains in the bottomless pit or the abyss. They're not on this earth tormenting us. They're not the demons that we know or we think. It's not, demons are not the fallen angels. And that should surprise all of us. We hear right here in Second Peter, they are cast down to hell and delivered into chains of darkness. So the angels that fell from heaven when Satan was kicked out is not the demons that torments us. So apparently Satan has been able to create demons. Apparently. I know that shocks and surprises people. I know that that kind of startles people. But everybody thinks that the angels that were kicked out of heaven with Satan clearly are in, they are clearly in hell. They are clearly in the chains of darkness in the abyss. So they're not the demons. So the angels that were cast out of heaven with Lucifer have been bound in chains of darkness in the abyss until the judgment. Some believe that the events that follow the blowing of the fifth trumpet released these angels to torment the humans. I'm one of those. Okay, I'll raise my hand on that. I believe that what we see crawl out of the abyss is the fallen angels. That's when they get to torment us. That's my personal opinion. That is Robert's opinion. This fits with the events and consequences of the fifth trumpet. But who was the star that fell and opened the abyss? He would have to have been someone God knew would do what they had to do. So if the angels that fell with Satan have been kept in darkness and chains and away from God and everything else, then who has been tormenting us? Who is the ruler of the abyss? Who would have the authority to release these demons? Satan. Satan has the authority and power that God allows him to have, and he would be the one to release the demons. Luke 10 and 18 says, And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Isaiah 14 and 12 says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? So Satan has the power that God has allowed him to have, and he is unleashing those held in the pit until such a time as this. That is the way I read that scripture. If anyone wants to disagree, you're welcome to that disagreement. I won't argue it. I will listen. I may be, I could be totally wrong, but the way I read it, Satan releases the angels that's been held in the abyss and chains of darkness, and we see those angels crawl out of the abyss. 
And he opened the bottomless pit. There's the he that I was talking about earlier. And there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Well, where there's smoke, there's fire. There's an old adage. And we know that hell is a fire that cannot be quenched. From the open shaft leading into the abyss rose a terrible dark smoke. The old adage where there is smoke, there is fire, could not be truer at this event. The smoke was so dark it reduced man's ability to see the sun, and the air carried it to all over. There must be a blazing inferno deep inside the earth. We call it hell. Hades. Sheol. No one likes to talk about hell. It is likely to scare people, and they may quit coming to church. But hell is a very real place. It is an extremely real place. So let's not talk about hell. Let's just talk about God and his love. God is love. There's no question about that. There is, God is love. However, we're reading of God's judgments on the earth. There's going to come a time when God's going to get tired of the way we're living and he's just going to tell Jesus to go get your children and bring them home. Verse 3, And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. Okay, now we all know what a grasshopper looks like. Every one of us can form a visual image, a, a mental image of what a grasshopper or a locust looks like. Now, in your mental image of that locust put a scorpion's tail on it. We know what a scorpion looks like. We've seen them in movies. I've actually physically seen one in person in Tennessee. Don't know how in the world the scorpion got in Tennessee, but yeah, I saw a scorpion. I actually picked it up. They do sting, and they do hurt. Most of them are not lethal. I was an idiot. It got me right in the between the flesh, between the thumb and the and the hand. Oh, it hurt. Swelled up. Within just a few minutes, though, the swelling was gone. So I don't know if that was just me or if that was just you know short-lived or maybe it was a maybe it was an old scorpion and he had lost a lot of his oomph. I don't know, but I picked him up. He was not happy camper when I picked him up. How, how many people admits to picking up a scorpion in Tennessee? So we've got this image now of this, of this locust or this grasshopper with a scorpion's tail on it. That's a bizarre image. I don't care who you are, that is bizarre. There is nothing on earth like that. We think the platypus is weird. This is really weird. A grasshopper with a scorpion's tail. And we're going to see that it has a funny looking head too later on. So as I said, this one is the hardest, I think, to get an understanding of what it is. Now, a lot of people will tell you <clears throat> that these are invisible. These locusts with the power of the scorpion is invisible to man. My argument with that is if they were invisible, why did the revelator describe them in such intimate details? He could have said demons climbed out of the pit to torment man. Okay, that's fine. That's what's happening. Demons are crawling out of this abyss. A lot of the demons are coming out of this abyss. 
But he uses things that we're aware of, locusts, scorpions. We'll see some other images here in the near near, uh, verses. I don't think these are invisible. I honestly do not believe that these are invisible. I believe these will be completely and totally visible. Now, maybe they're not completely locusts with scorpion's tails, but that's how John saw them. That's how he perceived them. Perhaps they are, you know, angels with, with daggers or something. I don't know. But we know that he said that he, he defined them as locusts with the power of the scorpion. Out of the pit comes locust. Not just any locust, though, satanic demon locust. Some will say this event is invisible to man's eyes, that the demon locusts are invisible to our eyes. However, if this event and the locusts that came out of the pit are invisible, why did the revelator provide very descriptive description of these locusts? It is because we will see them. And we will also know that no one can ever get away from these demons. These locusts have the power to inflict pain just as a scorpion does. Trust me, you don't want to be stung by a scorpion. Voice of experience here, do not get stung by a scorpion. But Sheol will be emptied of its demonic presence and will inflict pain on the humans here on earth. Sheol is another word for Hades, which is another word for hell. So we see that Sheol is going to be emptied. The demons are going to come out of this pit that the star that fell after the fifth angel sounded, and that had the key, he opens the gate, everything crawls out. Verse 4, and it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth. These are locusts. They're supposed to eat the grass of the earth. Neither any green thing. They're locusts. They're supposed to munch on green things. Neither any tree. These are strange locusts. But only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. Now, when was the last time you talked about a seal in somebody's forehead? It was probably when you was discussing the Antichrist and the Mark of the Beast. We see in this chapter, in chapter 9, the seal of God. Here's an odd thing about these demons. They look like regular locusts, but their appetite is not crops, but people. We see in the next verse that the demons were given specific instructions on how to harm man. However, the only humans that they could afflict are those people without the seal of God on their foreheads. Ezekiel 9 and 4 tells us, And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. That's where God seals his people. Ezekiel 9 and 4. Phylacteries are leather boxes worn by the Jewish men at morning prayer. These leather boxes contain Hebrew scriptures from the Torah to help remind the men of God's blessings and his laws. Some will tell you it is these phylacteries that are the seal. They're a little, I don't know if you've ever seen them or not, but they're just small leather boxes with a strap and they either strap them to their forehead or they strap them to their hand. And that's the visual reminder of God's blessings. And inside is pieces or scriptures from the Torah, which is the Jewish uh, Old Testament, if you will. They've got those some of those verses written down in that 
phylactery. That's not what he's talking about here. That's not what Ezekiel 9 and 4 is talking about because it says a mark upon the foreheads of the men. So this is a literal, if you want to look at it this way, it's a tattoo. God tattoos his people. That may sound a little odd. And nobody talks about the seal of God on the forehead. We all talk about the mark of the beast on the forehead or the hand. But we don't talk about the seal of God. Everything that God has original, Satan offers a cheap counterfeit. God gave us music. Satan gave us crap. God gave us love. Satan gives us an abomination an unnatural affection. God gave us beauty. Satan gives us ashes. God sealed his people. Satan has a seal. Everyone knows or has heard of the mark of the beast. And we'll read about it in just a few chapters. That is the counterfeit for the seal of God on the foreheads of his people. So everything that God has done originally, Satan has come up with a replica, a counterfeit, a cheap imitation of the original. Verse 5, and to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. Very specific time period of torment. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. Very painful Extremely painful, trust me. You don't want to be stung. These demons are not allowed to kill man, but for five months, the normal time that locusts are arranged, they're out eating everything, they are allowed to torment and inflict pain. These demons are not an invading army, since they, the armies, would kill, not torment. So some will tell you, all oh, these demons, they're, they're a, an invasion of other people. Mm -mm. The invasion of other people would be out to kill you, not to torment you for five months. And remember, we are in the trumpets, and the trumpets are God's wrath, God's judgment. And they are supernatural, if you will. Nothing man can do to imitate what's happened in the first sounding trumpet to the seventh sounding trumpet. We cannot imitate it. Now, Satan can control, but we cannot imitate this. These demons are only to torture and torment. The torture or torment from a scorpion is from the stinger. Usually the pain from a scorpion sting is moderate to severe. How about the hells of fire going off wherever it's been, you're being stung at? That's how bad it hurt when I was a little boy, I'll be honest with you. It slowly decreases over time. Symptoms of a scorpion sting are pain, tingling, burning, or a numbing sensation at the site of the sting. Not normally fatal, but quite painful. But since these scorpions are as plentiful as locusts, there would be a lot of the stings. Nowhere to go to get away from the pain and the stings. We don't know how many demons crawled out of the abyss, but we know there was a lot of them. 
In those days shall men seek death and shall not find it and shall desire to die and death shall flee from them. It is so painful that people are begging to die. And I honestly believe that you can't even kill yourself at this time. It will not be allowed. Suicide is not an option. I know that sounds a lot odd, but it's not an option. Because it says, those days men shall seek death. And death shall flee from them. You cannot get away from this five months of pain if you are here. The individuals that are tormented by the demonic scorpion wish they could die, but even more than that they sought death was not able to die. Either God would not allow them to kill themselves or the demons had such a hold on them that the demons would not permit them to die. The torment, the pain was so great, the people was trying to kill themselves. They were not allowed to. I've often said about some people I know, and this is just a joke, but, you know, they, they're they so stupid that if they jumped off the side of the building, they get lost on the way down, and they're too sorry to stop and ask for directions. These guys could not find relief anywhere. Medicine will not relieve it. They cannot have relief from these scorpion stings. Seven, in the shapes of the locust. Okay, here's a weird thing about the locust. The shapes of the locust were like unto horses, preparing them to battle. What? Okay, we got grasshoppers with scorpion stings and they look like horses? Now you see why I said nine is one of the weirder chapters, if you will, of, of Revelation. Horses prepared to battle, and on their heads were as the crowns like gold, and their faces were the faces of men. Now put that image in your head. Try to figure that one out. A scorpion, a grasshopper, a horse, and a man. And there's one more coming up. But I won't spoil it for you. So try to figure that one out. The demonic locusts were described as horses prepared for war. This is why some people believe these last few verses is an invading army. However, Revelation is very clear that these locusts come from the abyss. But let's look at the first few words of the verse. And the shapes of the locusts were likened to horses prepared unto battle. This doesn't say that they were horses. It just says they were shaped or they had the shape of a horse. The shape of a horse arrayed in battle armor. Modern military calls it battle rattle. The horses were strong and wide across the chest. The armor made them look fearful and broad at the chest. The shape of the locusts were broad at the front with their neck and their head above the chest armor. Their heads were, had golden crowns. Crowns signify royalty, but it also signifies in charge and ruling the area. These golden crowns, remember the crowns of the elders, again, counterfeit for the real thing, the crowns on the locust, not the crowns on the elder, states that the scorpion locusts are ruling the area and they are kings of pain and torment. The scorpion locust has one more unusual feature. They have the faces of man. Man being a cunning and treacherous being. And as the description of angels, angels throughout scripture point out, angels' faces also look like men's faces. So that, that's another reason why I think these are the angels that were kicked out of heaven with Lucifer. But now get this. There's some more weirdness coming up. You got a locust with a scorpion's tail, shaped like a horse in armor, 
with crowns on their heads and men's faces. They had the hair of a woman. They had hair as the hair of women and their teeth were as the teeth of lions. Okay. Figure that one out. And they had the hair as the hair of women. These demons continue with their counterfeit in 1 Corinthians 11 and 15. But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covering. So the demons has the hair of a woman, long hair in the scriptures is the woman's glory and a covering for them. That's why the locust with the scorpion tail and shaped like a horse has, you know, crowns on their heads and the face of a man, but they have the hair of a woman. That's a counterfeit. It's their glory, if you will. But they have the teeth of a lion. The king of the jungle, the lion, has strong teeth and very sharp teeth. These teeth are used to puncture and tear flesh off of dead or living victims. These scorpions will bite you and they will sting you for five months. They're going to torment man for five months. And it's just the ones that do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. God has separated the ones that he has sealed, the 144,000 that we read about just a few verse, chapters ago. They're sealed. They're not being tormented. They're sealed. But all the rest of the world that is not sealed, they're being tormented. Verse 9, and they had breastplates. Oh, come on. <laughs> really? Breastplates? As it were the breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was the sound of chariots, of many horses running to battle. Well, locusts can fly. The breastplate was heavy looking and thick like iron. Iron breastplates protected the heart and lungs from being hurt from a sword or other weapons. When these locusts fly, there were so many of them flying, the noise of their wings would sound like a unit of mounted cavalry, very loud and thumping or beating through the air as the locusts would move from sight to sight. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails. And their power was to hurt men for five months. The locust scorpion had another unusual feature. And we talked about the tails were like scorpions, curled up over their backs and used as an offense as well as a defensive feature. It is these tails that inflicted the man, the pain to the man. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue, his name is Apollyon. The locust has a king, yet another example of what God allows in real. Satan has counterfeits. This king's name is Abaddon, which translates to Sheol, or in Greek he is called Apollyon, which translates to destroyer. The king of the abyss is the destroyer. When, well, go ahead. So is that Satan? Yes, very much yes. One woe is past, and behold, there comes two woes more hereafter. And it just keeps getting worse. That's, remember, right before the, the fifth angel sounded, 
An angel flew through heaven going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Three woes to come. That's one, two more to go. The fifth angel, five months has passed. Let's consider one woe. Two more woes are now facing earth. The sixth angel sounded. And I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. And that sixth angel sounds and a voice is heard from the altar in front of God and his throne, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. There is a rumor going around that when the Euphrates dries up, that the angel will be released and all, you know, what's going to break forth on the earth. Well, the Euphrates does not have to dry up. It is drying up. It's no longer the great river that it used to be. Man has siphoned the water off for, you know, irrigation. They've dammed up the river in places for power. So the great Euphrates is no longer the, the river that was in the scripture. But this scripture doesn't say that the river has to be dried up. Four angels were loose, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay a third part of, the, of men. Wow. They've been preparing for this for a while. And this is their time. That's what it's saying. The four angels were loosed, and this is their time. They're going to slay a third part of men. Since these angels are bound or captured, this tells us that the four angels are not heaven angels. They are demons. Since angels in heaven are free, and these angels, the fallen angels, are bound by chains of darkness. So these four angels were some of the fallen angels that were kicked out of heaven with Lucifer. These angels were held in bonds until a particular time, and they have the power to kill one-third of the people. That would be about two billion people right now. Now, when you remember that the four horses, the apocalypse, one-fourth of the population was killed, and now one-third of the population is killed, this equals half of the population of Earth has been killed. Now, that's four billion people has died up to this point to give you some indication of what's going on in this world. Half of the people is gone. A fourth under the four horsemen of the apocalypse and the third here under the sixth angel and that equals one half. Four billion people gone, dead. Now think about what it looks like here on this earth. These events that are happening are quick. They're not taking years to kill two billion people. They're happening really quick. How can you bury two billion people? You can't. So imagine the stench. Imagine the scene. I won't get gross tonight, but imagine the scene on earth with two billion dead people laying around. Very quickly they died. Now they're just there. You can't bury that many people. 16, and the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000,000. And I heard the number of them. Now the sixth angel sounded, and now we're seeing 200 million strong 
Calvary. Two hundred million people. This is the army that is released, or let's say marches when the four angels are released. 200 million cavalry is a very large number. Roughly, we have 480,000 in our military. So is this number real, or is it symbolic, the 200 million? Is it a real number, or is it a symbolic number? In China's military, in 2019, it was reported to be 2.5 million people in, mili in China's military in 2019. Still a far cry from 200 million. John says he hears the number. He doesn't count the number. He hears, I heard the number of them. So it leads that this number is an actual number. So the cavalry, the horsemen, are 200 million strong. I cannot imagine that kind of a number. That's huge. That's more than, that's more than that's in the Sap family. Not by much, but a little bit more. Especially when you get all, all of the sides, you know, the Skinners and all these others. And Skiller and, and all these other Lewises, yeah, we're close to 200 million, or sometimes it feels that way. It leads that this number, because he says he heard it, it leads that it's an actual number. If it is a real number, 200 million is a very large military force. Some believe this could be demons. However, demons don't normally band together in the military force. But in the scriptures, we are told of the man possessed by many demons. In Mark 5, 8 through 9, we read, For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. That is in the tombs of the Gadarenes, the, the cemetery, the graveyard of the Gadarenes. And the maniac comes out and falls down, and the spirits ask Christ not to just send them out into the netherworld, to send them into the herd of swine, and he did, and the swine ran down into the, down the embankment and drowned in the, in the lake that Jesus has just come off of. So we do see demons joining up together. Perhaps this is demons, especially. Let's read the next verse, because the next verse is, a, is bizarre as well. And thus I saw the horses in the vision, and them that sat on them, having breastplates of fire, and of jacksmith, and brimstone. And the heads of the horses were the heads of lions, and out of their mouths issued fire, smoke, and brimstone. Okay, now we got horses with lion's heads. The breastplates of the riders of the horses were red, dark blue, and yellow. And a horse with a lion's head would be a very terrifying thing to see especially one that could breathe fire, smoke, and brimstone. Brimstone smells like rotten eggs, sulfur dioxide. In Proverbs 30, 30, a lion, which is the strongest among beasts, and turneth not away for any. These horses were not going to be delayed or distracted. Were these horses with lion's heads, were they modern armored tanks and military vehicles, or as some speculate, the 200 million military invading forces? 
Some will tell you that these are not horses, they're, you know, M1 Abrams. Maybe some old Shermans thrown in there. Maybe some, uh, what's the Russian tanks, the T-59s, I think, or whatever they're called now. Maybe the he's seeing armored vehicles and, and tanks, and he's describing them as, you know, horses with lion's heads. Two hundred military, two hundred million military invading forces, truly demons and their horses were also demons. Men are demons. It's really not the point. The point is that this represents God's judgment falling on earth and man, and there is no stopping it. You can't stop two hundred million people. I don't care how many nukes you got. You can't do it. Eighteen by these three. By these three was the third part of the men killed by fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone which issued out of the mouth. Now that's a third of the people that's left. We're down to four billion people from, you know, the previous demons. That's about what's left on the earth. Now a third of four billion, and we're down to about one billion people left. Interesting. A third of the people killed by the smoke, fire, and brimstone coming from their mouth. Power, life, and death is in the tongue from Proverbs 18 and 21. It takes on a whole new meaning. Even though Proverbs is discussing how we can assassinate characters by talking about them in a negative way, these verses in Revelation is literally talking about death spewing from the mouths of the horses. For their power is in their mouth, verse 19, and in their tails. Oh, here we go. Remember, the horse says, you know, or lion's head. For their tails were likened to serpents and had heads, and with them they could do hurt. So now the horses have a lion's head and a snake tail. As I said, this is a bizarre chapter. One of the most bizarre, in my opinion. Another characteristic of the horses is their tails is described as serpents. What the mouth couldn't or didn't kill, the tails would kill. Death in front and back. There is no escaping this devastation. Verse 20, And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. There were people that were not killed by this massive army, but only they weren't not killed. They did not repent either. They continued to live their sinful way of life. The scripture here tells us that they did not turn from idolatry, but continued in the evil lifestyle that they had known and knew so well. Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. They continued in their evil, sinful ways. Some of their sins listed here was murder, stealing, adultery, and the occult. After all this destruction, they were clinging to an evil lifestyle and would pay the ultimate price for their insolence. You see all of this going on in the earth, and you still don't cry out to God to save you? Are you stupid or what? I'm sorry, I just, I've got to put it the way I think. These people are stupid. But 
Think about what's going on in the earth right now, and we're not crying out to God for that either. So are we stupid? Oh, yeah. But by crying out to him now, we can avoid this. Because even if the rapture hasn't taken place, okay, if the rapture has not taken place and the Christians are still on earth at this point, remember, the locust does not touch those that has the seal of God on their forehead. The Christians, the ones that are sealed, are Christians. We wouldn't be affected by this. So if the rapture hasn't taken place, this doesn't bother us. Well, it does because we're seeing it. We're affected by it, but it's not physically attacking us. Remember, he, he separated the land of Goshen back in the days of the Exodus. He separated Christians from the non-Christians here in the days, in days. We will take up in chapter 10 next week. But chapter 9 is an extremely bizarre chapter. It's probably the hardest to understand. I truly believe that we have just been given a vision of uh, demons that are going to attack towards the end of time. That's Robert's opinion. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your many blessings upon our life, Lord, for allowing us the opportunity once again to come into your house to worship, to praise, and to honor your name. Lord, we ask that you'll move and that you'll touch, Lord, that you'll stretch forth your hand here this night. Lord, on each and every one that is here, each and every one that has listened, God, we ask that you'll bless. In Jesus' sweet and holy name we pray. Amen. We will see you all next week.